Welcome to Twin Whistles. I'm Joe. I'm Cindy. And today we are talking the Red Wings and their draft that has just recently happened. It's kind of finalized everything. So, yeah, it's a lot to cover. We have a lot to cover today, Joe. We've got the draft. We've got, um, you know, talking about the trade uh, that occurred, the new acquisition that we had from uh, St. Louis. That's how that's going to impact the Red Wings and what's up and coming for free agency and uh you know how active stevie going to be in the trade market i've got uh some information and some insights perhaps based on what he did in the draft uh once we talk about that we talk about how that's going to affect the future moving forward for the red wings uh but before all of that i gotta Mm -hmm. get this out of the way real quick um i got a shout out to a couple of new fans of ours that are very excited about us audra and liam Audra was my flight attendant on my flight from Detroit to Tampa, or excuse me, to to Florida. And uh, her son is Liam. She is a huge Avalanche fan. He is a huge Red Wings fan. And so they are in a split household. God bless them. (laughs) It's like Michigan, Michigan State. So she's a a smart one. I mean, she's not the smart one, and he is a smart one. I think so. I think so. Or maybe he learned. I don't know. But uh, the best part about this is the reason I found that out is we're flying down, getting ready to, to land in Florida. And she comes across, Audra comes on the uh, loudspeaker and she says, I just want to welcome everyone home if Florida is your home. And I'm sorry about your loss in the Stanley Cup finals. Go Avs. And then she's like, too soon. <laughs> Uh, what a bomb what a bomb i've got to talk to this person and she's gonna love between the whistles so turned them on to us sure enough they're huge fans they love the show and uh, they love all of our our social on um uh, you know between the whistles and uh, the detroit red wings news powered by iq and all of that stuff so shout out to them second shout out real quick is to frankie nazar uh for those of you who are following and checking out our facebook page uh, i went to school with frankie's mom gina and for those of you who don't know by the way frank is actually part italian his mom is italian paisan just like me and uh, we went to regina high school together graduated in 1991 and her son went number 13 in the draft to the chicago blackhawks congratulations to frank i wish you all the best and look forward to meeting you real soon there you go. I'm done with that. It's your turn, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got all the we got all the little, little business taken care of. So that's uh, right. So you want to hit on the draft first, or do you want to hit on the trade first? Yeah, I, I I'm I'm good either way. I mean, I've got a lot to say on the trade. I know you're, or excuse me, on the draft. Uh, I know you're real excited about the trade. Um, I think it was a great move. I guess we can start with the trade. I think the trade was a great move. Uh, it was interesting because the trade grade on that uh, by the athletic was only a B for the Detroit Red Wings. I disagree with that. I think it was certainly at least an A minus for the wings um, because I think Steve showed some real foresight in getting in early, grabbing that goalie because the, the uh, uh, free agency and trade market did not look very promising. And he went and grabbed one. I think it was a good pick. I think, uh, you know, I love Jordan Bennington and um you know, this was his backup goalie who ended up actually outperforming him. I thought it was a great acquisition. What do you think? Well, here's the thing. I, I, I read some people on Twitter and a lot of people in the athletic and, and trade grades and all that stuff. And I think a lot of them are missing the point of why they made this trade. The reason they made this trade was because 
if you look at the goalie market in free agency, if you look at the goalie market in the trades, you know, with Mark Andre Fleury getting re-signed in Minnesota, it's kind of drying up that whole goalie market. I mean, you got you got Peter Mrazek getting traded to Carol, I mean, uh, to Chicago for and they're and they're giving a first round pick to Chicago to get rid of Peter Mrazek because they need this cap room to hopefully sign Jack uh, Jack Campbell because there's no goalies on the market that are you know starting goalies and that's one of the major things that is happening right now is I mean I was talking to someone who said that Darcy Kemper who isn't going to be resigned by the Colorado Avalanche he's going to wow. he, he might he might get 6 to 7 million dollars a year so when you're talking about goalies getting overpaid this is when you see overpaid uh, goalies because of a shrinking market there's not much to do and if you're a team like Edmonton that needs a goalie if you're a team like uh, Toronto that needs a goalie, if you're a team that needs a goalie, it's probably a bad time for you. Yeah, and I agree with you on the overpaid thing, especially on Kemper. I mean, I think he was a good goalie. I think he was a solid goalie, but I don't think that was the strength of that Avalanche team. I really don't. I think it was no. more in their defense. But I, I don't think it was – I don't think you can say, hey, he was the guy. So absolutely overpaid. But that's what happens when you get scarcity in the market in anything. You're going to yeah. end up paying more when mm -hmm. you have fewer options, right? So I agree with you. I, I think – I think Steve, I think you're absolutely right in your assessment that they're missing the fact that Steve saw into that and he grabbed what he could when he could instead of taking a chance. And the back part about this is, you know, people are like, well, I'm not too particular about the trade because, you know, he's the same thing as Ned. Well, when you play sports, competition breeds uh, like a very competitive atmosphere and that breeds success in most times, you know. When you bring someone in you at your job or at the same job that you have, I mean, Cindy doesn't know that that thing because she, you know, she only has to fight for a job four times, a year, four times in uh, every four years. That's right. But it's a big competition every four years. Yeah. So when you're in a, you're in a political battle with, with another lady and, or a man um, and you're going against them, it's a competitive balance and you, you get those juices flowing and it makes you want to strive even, even harder. It's the same thing with Nadalkovich and Huso is you're going to have two guys who are going to be competing to get the number one, you know, starting goalie job. And Nadalkovich didn't play good for a couple, a portion of the year where he played kind of uh, meh, you know? Yeah. And so when you get a guy like Huso, it kind of breeds that competitive atmosphere that you really, really want. And that's something that the Rebels definitely missed last year in the goal in the goal. Well, you know, I think that's something that's part of the culture that Stevie's really trying to build is that even if you look into the draft and if we just start talking about the draft, as you look into his, you know, draft class this year, he picked some very hungry, competitive guys. I mean, he really picked guys who are out They're in it to win it. You know, they're not getting in it just to have a job. These guys are getting in it to to win a Stanley Cup. And that's not like, oh, yeah, I get all of them. We'll do that. But but these guys have shown up particularly competitive streak. Um, so let me know when you want me to kind of go into my assessment of, of the draft or whatever, if you want to start off with that and I can kind of tell you what I think I've got some, and we're going to have some different opinions here, but I mean, I've got some not so great news for Detroit Red Wings fans. I think it's, it's good, but I, 
Yeah, I think there's some people well, expecting let's, things. Let's, let's lead with that into our next, uh, you know, topic. Um, you have an opinion, so go with it. Yeah, yeah. My well, here's the thing. I think that there's been so many exciting and good things happening. People have so much faith in Steve Eiserman, and and I'm not doubting that they should have that. But I think what it's creating is this false sense of expectations, higher expectations that the Detroit Red Wings are going to be competing for a Stanley Cup in the next couple of years. I don't think that's going to happen. If you take a look back, I kind of look back at the past draft classes and kind of saw when our Stanley Cup champions were starting to get drafted, you know. And if you look at that, you're seeing the majority of them are drafted between like 89 and 92. Well, they didn't get a Stanley Cup until 1997. Now, that didn't mean they didn't make it to the playoffs. I think the Detroit Red Wings will make it to the playoffs in the next five years. But I don't think you're going to see the Stanley Cup coming back to Detroit any sooner than five years from now. I really don't. So for people who are expecting, you know, Lord Stanley to be, you know, present here in hockey town uh, anytime soon, I don't think you're going to see that. But I do think you're going to see some exciting hockey. I do think you're going to see definitely multiple playoff runs. Uh, how deep they're going to get, I don't know, but I just don't think you're going to see a Stanley Cup prior to five years. Well, in my opinion, you got to walk before you can run, so you got to get the playoffs first. Like the, the let's just spade as a spade, you got to get the playoffs first. But if you're talking about rebuild in the time frame, technically they're in their fifth year of their rebuild because a lot of the players that there's in the last few years, Ken Allen was drafting, some of those players are making an impact with the Red Wings and they are a part of the core of the Red Wings. You know, going into the next year, you got Larkin, Bertuzzi. Obviously, Manta was traded uh, for Verona, which that's a piece of your core. So I consider that a part of your core, too, because it's it all works together. But if you look at it, they're in year five, but they really need to get into it's year three for Eisenman and, and, uh, and the staff. But technically, they're in year five of the rebuild because that's that's usually the way these teams look at it is we're in year five because some of our pieces were from the last general manager, which Ken Holland and, and Stevie Y have a great relationship. So they obviously talked about that before Ken Holland left. And I think there's a couple of interesting takeaways when you look at this draft class, one of the very first things that stuck out to me, and I think you can see where Stevie Y is going here. Okay. You know, I think a lot of people expected for him to be drafting defensemen and, you know, Hey, we've got all this weakness in defense. No, that's not what Steve did. And you can see where he's going with this. Steve chose to build depth in his forward lines. In fact, if you look back historically, this is the first year since 2014. Okay. Since Dylan Lark was, was drafted since 2014. This is the first year that the majority of the draft class has been forwards. You might have had even forwards and defensemen or something like that, but this is the first time, and and it's so heavily favoring forwards. What does that tell you? That tells you that Steve knows that when he's going to compete for that Stanley Cup, he's going to need some significant depth in his forward lines that he currently doesn't have, and that's what he's trying to facilitate with these draft picks this year. I take it a different way, though. I take it, you know, obviously they drafted seven forwards in this draft, um, so I think what he's trying to do is he's trying to say like, okay, I'm going to take my picks with these forwards. Obviously he's not going to just go forward because he wants to go forward. He's going to go forward because he believes in these guys. But when you look at the defensemen, 
there is some pretty good defensemen coming through the ranks of the Red Wings. You got Wander, you have Albert Johansson, you have Simon Evanson, you have uh, that that Finnish kid that's playing at Denver, uh, Boyum or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of defensive talent that's coming up the ranks, including like, you know, you got some guys in Grand Rapids that could be ready to come up like a Sabrengo or something like that. But this is a team that has a lot of defensive talent coming up through the ranks. So I think Stevie Wise said, okay, listen, I, I know I got, there's, this was typically a forward draft. Like a lot of people like the forwards in this group. Uh, the one player that he took in the seventh round, Brendan Ali. Yeah. He was, uh, he had a second round grade on him from a lot of teams. Well, you know, and he was the only American player too. That's the other thing that's noticeable in this draft class is that uh, the absence of American players. And I don't think that necessarily means anything, but it's just something of note. But what I do see too, in all the selection of these forwards, um, I agree with you that we've got a lot of good prospects coming up in the pool for defensemen. But I think as far as getting us through the next year or two, that's where I think you're going to see Steve is going to be very active in the, in the, uh, in free agency. And when he is, he's going to be acquiring defensemen. So uh, yeah. I think that's where the defense, the defensemen are going to come from the, the veteran ranks. And he's looking to um, build up these forwards in his draft class this year. I, I think that's what you're the dynamic you're going to see in the approach Stevie is going to take. I think he's going to go uh, defense a lot heavily in the uh, free agency portion. I think he's going to go forward in some portions, but it depends who makes it out of the free agency. And obviously, you know, his thing is he's not going to spend the cap stupidly as we, I posted a video that he said he's not going to spend the cap like a dumbass pretty much, but right. But that, that's the way Stevie Y is. So I think he's going to go defenseman majority of the free agency period. And I think he's going to make a trade in my opinion, but I think what this whole draft showed you was one, one of the things that Stevie Y has looked for in a lot of these players is the competitiveness and Marco Casper. I, I was talking to someone and he said that he kind of comps him to a Henrik Zetterberg. That's a great comp. I'll take it all day long. And if you notice, uh, they, they were picking apart, you know, his game and picking apart this and picking apart that. The thing about Casper is he played in the Swedish Elite Hockey League. The same numbers that he has currently, Lucas Raymond had at the time that the Red Wings drafted him. If you notice, I posted this video yesterday on the YouTube. If you subscribe to it, you, you can get all those videos. But I posted it because if you look at what Stevie Y has done, every player that he's drafted, the next year, I, I don't know what if it's like if it's like he's like a mind Jedi or whatever. <laughs> but every player that he's drafted, including Cross Hannes, Cider, Raymond, they explode the next year. They explode the next year. And I, 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 I th- it's got to be something that Stevie Y sees in them and the way that they play. But it's just interesting to see those that those players have the same numbers that Casper has. Well, I think Steve absolutely knows how to spot a diamond in the rough. Uh, that's definitely his Jedi mind trick, you know, gift that he has. But I think it's also a testament to the uh, development program that the Detroit Red Wings have for these guys uh, in Grand Rapids or whether they send them over to Sweden uh, to, or these or overseas to play in these professional leagues. Um, you can almost see the, the format or the pattern that they've got for these guys. And it's a winner. 
it's a winner all day long. Mm-hmm. And he knows now that he's got that dialed in. Now all he has to do is put players through that system, spot what he's looking for. And all he has to do is put them in the system and that system's going to take over and it's going to start just churning out, you know, rock star after rock star after rock star. Um, so that's how you see your champions and your championship team developing. I think they've got the recipe, right? It's now just a matter of adding the, you know, additional ingredients. And that's what Steve's doing. Yeah. And one of the players I liked was the Russian kid that they took in the second round. And it's interesting because what I was told from people that I've talked to today when the draft happened, obviously, um, obviously with the Russian stuff going on, it was, you you weren't really going to take a risk on a Russian player. But Stevie Y got some a vote of confidence from a certain Russian. Um, his former teammate, one of his former teammates, gave him a vote of confidence that this kid could come over right now, and that's what they're going to do. They're going to get him over here uh, in AHL next year. Well, and that's a smart move. And it's interesting, you know, the Detroit Red Wings have been shying away from Russian players. This is only the third player that they've drafted since 2014. So, yeah. um, you know, they, you can see, you can see the trend, you know, that the wings and Stevie Y have been going toward the Swedes. They've been going definitely toward the Canadians, uh, you know, that style of play. And, and that's kind of the route they're going. So I think it's interesting too. I thought that was an interesting pick, especially as high up as they drafted him, uh, drafting him third. Yeah. People, uh, people said that he made, they made, they reached for the kid. Um, yeah. But I, I, I disagree totally with those people because, uh, the thing about Dmitry uh, Bolchenkov, whatever, uh, that's his, I, I think I butchered his name, but. Bolchenkov? Yeah, Bolchenkov. Uh, yeah. The thing about him is he puts the puck in the net. Like, I, he, I'm pulling up his stats right now, but he, um, he, that's what he's known for, is, is putting the puck in the net. And that's what we need him to do. And I also see that Steve is not only going for guys who are competitive, guys who can score guys who are aggressive you can just tell they're aggressive and these and a lot of these guys they're not afraid to play the body and I like that so if you kind of Steve see what Steve's going for with these forwards you can just see a lot of exciting hockey coming up because you're going to get guys who aren't afraid to be physical you're going to get guys who aren't afraid just you know to go at the net you're going to see guys that uh, are out there to win it uh, that have really high competitive edges uh, guys who have overcome a lot, guys who are coming from other professional leagues before getting to the NHL. Um, all of that just, I think, really sets the stage for very exciting hockey in the next five years. So even though I'm saying we're not going to get a cup, what I'm saying is you're going to see Detroit Red Wings that are worth the price of admission 100%. Yeah, Dmitry uh, this this kid, his, his stats are off the charts. Like, they are just... Uh, Really, really good. And the one thing I like about him is he's just he has a physical element to his game that he's trying to kind of get better at. But man, I think that he could be really he would give you a steal. I I don't care about what people say is a reach or any of that because I think that's the stupidest uh, thing. When people say that a player is a reach, especially in the NFL draft, the NHL draft, the Major League Baseball draft, or the NBA draft, it, it it just shows that they're not really all into it because to be a reach, it's not a reach to some people. Like you got to understand, like when I'll put a football example is, you know, Malik Willis was a, he, he was a guy that was people penned in that it, he was going to go in the first round. Well, he didn't go until the third round. I mean, 
some of these teams have different draft boards in c- comparison to like what the what these experts say. So I got a question for you, Joe, and this comes from reading through some of the comments that have been coming up on our uh, on all of our social media pages that we that we uh, moderate and that we uh, administer or whatever uh, that are part of the Between the Whistles Detroit family. One of them said, made a comment to you specifically, or, or actually I think probably the Detroit Red Wings news, the Ice Queen, about uh, Amadeus Lombardi and said, you've had an opportunity to see a lot of him. What do you think? What do you think of that pick? Amadeus Lombardi, I got to tell you, I think he's a really talented player. I think that the one thing about Lombardi, um, he's, he's got, he's got the skill. Uh, He's just got, he just got to, he's really got to just get better with his overall game. You know, I think a lot of these players, when they come into the, they come in the draft, a lot of them need seasoning, obviously, but like he's just, he's, he's a little bit above, um, He's, I didn't think he'd be around that at, at that pick, to be honest. Do you think they drafted him too high? No, I thought I thought he would go a little bit higher. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought he would go a little bit higher. I I think um, I'm pulling up his stats right now, but um, he, he, the thing about him is he's a he's a kid from the Ontario area. Played for the Flint Firebirds. Uh, you know, everyone knows that. The the place where he's got to get better though, is defensively. He's a good he's a good offensive player. You know he had fifty nine points in six seven games, but he's really got to get better defensively. And if he gets better defensively, I think he could be a bottom six player that's going to give you some good minutes. So, of these players, who is your favorite pick? Who who's your favorite one that they out of this draft class? Who's who's your who's your uh your favorite choice, your, your rock star in, in the making, who, who is it? I'm going to go Dylan James. Gosh, it's so funny you said that because that was going to be my pick as well. So the reason I like Dylan James is, number one, he's going to a great hockey program to marinate in in uh, the uh, North Dakota North Dakota hockey. You know, that's a, that's a premier brand for uh, college hockey is North Dakota. I mean, you go to, you go to North Dakota, you go to, Mich- you go to Michigan, you go to Minnesota, like that is something that it, it you're in a you're an elite area of um of a ho- college hockey, you know. I, I like Dylan James. I think that that kid is going to be really really talented. You know, he played for Sioux City in the USHL. He's a good defensive forward. That's one thing that uh, people have said. But he had 61 points in 62 games. So the kid can score too, but what I like about him is he's a defensive kid, likes to play the body, and um, I heard a I heard a comparison for uh, Dylan James, and I kind of like that comparison. Uh, he's a winger, so it's but he kind of reminds you of a guy like an Andre Palat, mm-hmm. a guy right. who he's a he's a guy who's he's just he's a headsy player. He makes all the right plays at, at critical times. Uh, when he was with Sioux City, I remember uh, I, wa- I watched a couple of those games. I, I subscribed to their, you know, TV channel that is cost like ten bucks a month or whatever. Yeah. But uh, I watched him, and the one thing that he did, his coach did, was he would send him on the ice in the last three minutes. And if you're on the ice in the last three minutes, 
you're a pretty good player defensively and offensively because if you're going to stand on the ice at that portion of the game, that means that you have to be a, a pretty good player. I think so. And if you look at his, his plus minus, uh, is, is consistently good. Uh, now, granted, you know, plus minus isn't everything to look at. But when you combine it with all of the other things that he brings to the table, the amount of games that he plays and his consistency, you can see even in as a, a very young player, you know, he's got a certain consistency about him that I like. So I look at it this way. If you can be consistent, uh, you know, as you're making your way up, when you get there, that consistency will remain. So obviously he's got a, a commitment in a certain uh, once he gets to that next level, he tends to stay there. He's not going to be real volatile. And I think that'll be really important for the Detroit Red Wings moving forward. I mean, it's great to have those guys that are going to be your rock stars today, but they suck tomorrow. Like Anthony Mantha, for example, right, uh, you right. know, they offloaded him picking up guys like this, who've got consistent consistency as one of their mainstays, I think is uh, a very good asset for the Detroit Red Wings to have. That's why I like them. I like I, I like Dylan James a lot. I think that you know a lot of people say that you um, reached on him as well. I was reading that and I was rolling my eyes because I, I like I said reaching the the term reach is used so much that it's kind of dumb. Um, it, you know NHL Central scouting had to hit him as a thirty seventh best prospect. So I, I just don't I just don't go off the whole it was a reach that's that's a bull crap answer and I just I just don't like it but yeah Dylan James was a really good pick I like the Casper pick um I thought that was a really good pick you know in the first round obviously but the one the one uh the one player that I really like the one player I really like mm-hmm. is Anton Johansson the right-handed defenseman from Sweden I think that he is just he is he is a he, he's got he's got some skill to him. Um, one of the one guy I really wish they would have drafted was Linden. This kid Linden, he's a I forget his last name, but he's from he's from Michigan and he's a he's a small smaller defenseman, but he's got some great offensive uh, firepower. But he was gone by last time the next time that the Red Wings picked, so I thought that was going to be one of their their picks. But uh, yeah, Anton Johansson kid, he kind of reminds me of. Albert Johansson and that's a good that's a good uh comparative I I think it was a good draft class for the Detroit Red Wings I think it fits right in with the Iser plan and that's really all that matters and that's what my friend Darren McCarty would say Darren would say what's the right answer whatever Stevie says <laughs> well I I, I I found it funny to me because there's people that were saying you know what is Stevie doing? Like he should have traded up for Shane Wright. I'm sure he tried to trade trade up to get Shane Wright, but you know Seattle they're rebuilding too, so they're not going to give that pick away for nothing. And uh, it's, people are just they they're too impatient. You know, I think one of the things you know you weren't you didn't you weren't on the video when I did that YouTube video about Derek Lalonde, but the one thing that Derek Lalonde was saying was or alone, he, what he was saying was patience. Uh, that was reiterated by Stevie Y and that was reiterated by Lalone. Like you're going to have to have patience because a lot of these younger kids coming up, they're going to need patience. I mean, not every player is going to be like a Mo Sider or Lucas Raymond where they come off the hop and they're just, they they don't even need a a acclimation period. I mean, the people are just, they're, they're way too critical of uh, everything right now. 
well, you know, we're in an instant microwave society now where we, everybody gets everything now. You know, social media is, is turning on, on the second almost and people are getting information quickly. They're getting everything they want when they want it on demand. And I think they're looking at their sports teams in the same way. Oh, on for demand. Sure. Oh, you sure. know, and this is not an on-demand situation. This is a progressive situation, and uh, you have to be aware of that when um, when you're watching these teams develop, and these, especially during these rebuilds. But I got to tell you, uh, any one of these guys has to be happy as hell to get drafted by the Detroit Red Wings because it could be worse. And I hate to say this because, like I said, my, my good friend's son got drafted, but my God, I, the, the, the nightmare scenario for me is getting drafted by – a, a dumpster fire like the Chicago Blackhawks right now. Their organization is an absolute yeah. The, the Blackhawks are in what a, a lot mess. of trouble. They got they got Arizona. Yeah, Arizona. I mean, Arizona. They look like they're turning around, but we've said that for a long time. But like you know, Chicago man, I can't believe how bad they they are, they're they're getting. Like they are in a bit of a situation. Obviously, you know, it was funny because. A couple of years ago, a lot of people loved Stan Bowman, and they thought that Stan Bowman was way better than Ken Holland. But if you look at, like, Chicago, they're in a worse situation than Detroit ever was. Like, oh, way no worse. Doubt. Because of the cap situation, yeah. because of the uh, organizational failure of the, the whole uh, pred- child, like the, the predator case where they – they uh the, the guy got raped. Uh, it's just a horrible situation from that, that organization. And it's kind of like they're picking up the pieces and it's just on fire and they you can't stop it at that point. Yeah, they've definitely got some significant challenges there. And and I would think, you know, a, a new new guy, you're coming into that organization, you can't have a whole lot of confidence there. And that's got to be really tough. I mean, veterans, they know how to manage those things. They know how to handle them. But these brand new guys, these new, you know, prospects and stuff that are in that system, uh, they've got to be looking like, oh, geez, please get it better and get it better fast, you know, if yeah. I'm going to be stuck here. So I think any one of these players that got drafted by the Detroit Red Wings if nothing else, you might say, yeah, okay, I might not be playing for or, or with a Stanley Cup contending organization right now, but it's going to get there. And the good news get, is, is they, they got the leadership happening. I'm going to get my chance to go up there and play. But, you know, you look in Chicago, and the one thing I was told by someone who is in NHL capacity, who works in the Central Division, he literally has told me, that's a 10- to 12-year rebuild for Chicago. Yeah, I'm hearing the same th- or similar type things. What I'm hearing is that it's even worse than you think it is. And um, yeah, the, and it, I, and I don't know what that means exactly, but they're like, yeah, it's it's even internally. Worse than, you know, usually when they say it's 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 worse than it looks, it, worse than it looks. Well, usually that means that there is problems with organizational people that are still in in the, a play. There's problems with the players. There's problems with players that are making too much money that you can't get rid of them, like Jonathan Tays and Patrick Kane. I mean, it's just it's a bad situation for for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. They're in a bad, bad situation. Yeah, and it's it's too bad we've got some of our Michigan guys that are going to be going there. But um, let you know, let's hope that it all works out in the end. And the reality is, maybe they'll make their way home uh, at some point here sooner than than you would realize. Perhaps they're, prob- so- they're probably going to have to go through another GM. So that's going to be fun, but it, hopefully they can, hopefully the players that are good make it out of there because it's, like I said, it's going to be a brutal rebuild for them. And, and it's not, it's not even a good situation to be in. And I can't, I, that's, that's one place I would not want to go. 
well, maybe we'll be able to get some of these guys on a hometown discount because they're going to want to be back here with an organization that really is first class. Oscar Sundquist said that. He said, if nothing else, I mean, the Detroit Red Wings, awesome organization, and they're first class all the way. And when you're a first class organization, success is just a matter of time. Yeah, it's funny because you say that because uh, I was talking to someone and they, they said, I said, what about are free agents going to like to come here? And with the one question, the, the, the one guy said, of course they want to come to Detroit. And that's and that and part of the reason that a lot of these teams are really kind of like trying to get cap room is because they know if they lose a free agent and Detroit comes, they probably lost that player no matter what. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm excited yeah. I'll tell you, I'm just excited about where we're headed. I think this draft class shows that Steve knows exactly what he's doing. Again, we all know this, but it's just further confirmation of that. And um, I'm hoping we don't run out of time on this segment because it's been awesome and we've covered a lot of ground here. We got three minutes left, but we, we're going to make the most of it. Wrap, wrap it up, wrap it up Mr. Okay, Shab, well, because I well, know you can do it. Well, here's the thing. So we, we were talking about the Ville Hoso trade, the goalie. What is one trade that you want to see Stevie make in the next two weeks? Because I think that if he does it, I think he could do a really good job. So I think that uh, I would like to see him go make a trade that would help uh, the defensive core. But we'll see what happens. This is Between the Whistles, Detroit. We will see you on the next segment. Thanks for viewing our podcast or watching, listening to our podcast. We will have more as we come along. So please join us for our next podcast, which may be Monday. Oh, Cindy's back now. Well, see, yeah, I, you lost me for a minute there. I thought you were kicking me off the show, Joe. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. I asked, <laughs> I asked what, 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 in the next two weeks, rapid fire, in the next, yeah. two, in the next two weeks, who do you want to see the Rebings draft? I mean, trade for like a defenseman, a forward, somewhat like that? Yeah, I want to see a veteran defenseman who can help uh, uh, bring bring along uh, that top pair, and um, then they can move some other guys down to the second pair. I want to see somebody to go with Mo Sider. I would love the defenseman to go with uh, Mo Sider, and there's not many yep. left-handed shots out there, so I, you got, you're probably going to trade for one. I think Stevie will pull the trigger on that one. I mean, I hear there's some rumors about Patrick Kane being on the block, so maybe that interests me a little bit more. But bring I, it. I don't like, I don't like Kane as a person, but I love him as a player. So bring it. I'll, I'll still take the defenseman. Um, so hopefully they can make that, but I think Steve Y is going to be very, very, uh, I was told that he's going to be very, very active this year in trades and free agency. I'm excited to see what he brings Joe. I think it's, again, it's going to be another piece of that puzzle that is going to be a very make for very exciting hockey for all of us in hockey town to watch. Yep. So this has been our Red Wings draft podcast. So we will see you on the next podcast that we do. Probably maybe we can do one tomorrow with uh, the Tigers. See how they're doing. Yeah. Let's rock and roll with that. I look forward to it. Hey, look, see you next time. Oh yes. All right. All we'll, right. See, we'll see you on the next podcast. This is Cindy and Joe show on between the whistles of Detroit, your hometown team. See you in the next podcast. See you then.